0: Hey, and welcome back to Sunday Replay. I hope you enjoyed last week's special Halloween episode, that you had a great Halloween week and that you're now in the holiday spirit. I just, I love Thanksgiving and I love Christmas. And I really do think this is the best time of the year. And every year around this time at Harmony, we do a sermon series on stewardship. So this week we are launching a three-part series called Earn, Save, Give. And it focuses on John Wesley's three principles of stewardship. So here's Pastor Mark to talk about that first first principle earn
1: Harmony Faith community who here in your life would like to be on the receiving end of a good measure of wisdom mm? yeah now some might prefer and you might sit there and go well you know I'd like a good dose of knowledge or maybe how about some uh, intelligence And look, both of these are all fine and dandy. I I got no complaints about those. But in a nutshell, here we go. Knowledge, what it does is it homes in on accumulating information. And intelligence, what that does is it then processes that information and it applies it. All right, so what does wisdom do? Well, what wisdom does is it takes that knowledge and it takes the intelligence along with experience to make sound judgments and beneficial decisions in our lives. And you're going to take this a little bit further. Wisdom, what it does is it incorporates qualities like discernment and empathy. And with all of this, wisdom can lead us to having better long-term outcomes and a more balanced and fulfilling life. Now, you might be sitting there going, All right, Pastor Mark, what's going on? You're, you're stressing wisdom here a little bit. Well, yeah, you know why? Because that's what the Bible does too. The Bible does this as well. And so did you know that the Hebrew word for wisdom, that it is appearing in the Old Testament, appears in the Old Testament. Do you know how many times? 318. 318 times. And over half of these appearances are in three books in the Bible. You got Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes. Well, the sages of ancient Israel, they were on a roll. They were on a roll with statements such as, how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get insight rather than silver. And that's from Proverbs 16, 16. And then you got Proverbs 1, 7. It says, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hmm. Now, the Hebrew sages believed wisdom is a unique gift growing out of our relationship with God. Now, I'm going to say that again. Wisdom is a unique gift growing out of our relationship with God. Huh. So now, what does this unique gift grow out of? A relationship. And that relationship is with whom? God, the divine creator, the one from whom all wisdom comes. Now, faith community, let's face it, let's get real. Wisdom does not come from our own hands and devices and it isn't part of our own making. Wisdom comes from the eternal one that guides us and directs us into personal and spiritual maturity that is not of our own making. Now as Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 reminds us, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't rely on your own intelligence. Know him in all your paths, and he will keep your paths and ways straight. But this is something that a certain rich man, he forgot, or I'd say he deliberately ignored, to trust in the Lord. Instead, relying on his own cleverness and his own intellect. And I'm referring to this morning's scripture passage, the centering scripture passage that came and comes from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. And here's where we learn about this rich man's focus on self, and it comes at a huge cost. And this is something I'll expand on later. Now, Harmony, our newest sermon series begins today, and it comes by way of John Wesley, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement. Now, back in the day, and we're talking the 18th century, there was significant economic inequality between the comfortable, affluent aristocracy and the beleaguered, poverty-stricken lower classes. Hmm, sound familiar? Well, I decided, you know what? Let me look at 2022. Let's, uh, let's find a statistic, and that's what I did. And here you go. 47.8% of global household wealth is in the hands of just 1.2% of the world's population. And I sussed that out further. That's 62.5 million individuals who control a staggering 227.1 trillion dollars. Whoa! The economic disparity, it troubled, oh my goodness, it troubled Wesley so much. It deeply, and he felt, you know what, I got to do something about this. And what he did was he put action into and behind his personal and his spiritual disciplines to enable people in the lower classes to become more responsible, better educated, more prosperous. And that's a good thing, yeah? 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 Well, you know know what that led to? Mm -hmm. Oh, these very same people, now part of the Methodist movement, they began to accumulate wealth, they began to wear fine clothing, and they started building more attractive homes. And there's John now, and he goes, "Uh uh-oh, look at the problem I just caused. I need to address this one. And this is when he wrote a classic sermon, The Use of Money, in which the word wisdom appears seven times In his message and from his sermon arose three very important simple rules providing practical and I would say positive wisdom for discovering a faithful and biblical and hopeful approach to our financial lives and what are these three rules they are plainly stated earn all you can save all you can And give all you can okay so here's where we're now going to take a moment for what we say is a question of the day and today the question is in what ways can we pursue financial gain responsibly according to John Wesley's three rules again I'm gonna say that in what ways can we pursue financial gain responsibly according to John Wesley's three rules. And after four minutes or so, what we'll do is we'll come back together. I'll ask a couple of you, please share what you discussed, and then I'll continue with this morning's message where we're going to focus on the first of the three simple rules, earn all you can. So let us now greet one another with the peace of Christ and begin our time of discussion. The peace of Christ be with you. All right, so here we go. So Raymond, yeah, good. Keep that question up there for a second. And so, uh, yes, indeed, great discussion. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation. And in what ways can we pursue financial gain responsibly? So who would like to share what you discussed? Just need two people. Two people, come on. Who wants to come on up? Hey, right, Preston, come on over there and just stand right there by the mic. Uh, I'll highlight a couple of the uh, key things we spoke through. We talked about investing in ourselves, expanding our knowledge, our skill set, continuing to improve so that your ability to earn expands over time. Uh, Julie also brought up a great point about work ethic Mm. and working hard and uh, to your abilities. Nice. Very nice. Thank you. All right. All right. Who else? Who else would like to join in? Yep. Oh, here we go. Nice. Thank you. Yes. Um, so we talked about um,
0: the idea of investing ethically, uh, sustainably, you know, mm. in practices that are environmentally sustainable, uh, ethical for society. Yeah.
1: Nice, thank you. Money. Money, 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 money. How we earn it how we save it, how we give it. It is a persistent challenge, isn't it? Yeah? Oh, now look, we can find out a ton of ways on how to manage our money. I mean, we got a plethora of informa- information out there, advice from everything about, handle your taxes how to invest your money you got financial planners you've got stockbrokers mortgage brokers lawyers you got estate planners all available for our use and hey we even got AI to be able to give us some good stuff too right but as followers of Jesus this issue digs deeper for the Bible teaches us how we relate to our money goes to the heart of our relationship with God And I'm telling you straight up, that is of the soul level importance. Focusing on the first of these rules from John Wesley, these simple rules, earn all you can, I want to share with you three practical guides I was thinking about this week for the faithful followers of Jesus and how we can gain or earn all that we can. So gain, earn all you can by honesty, with integrity. Now, for many, the American dream, what the American dream is, is it's been reduced down to wealth and possessions. And the operative word here is more. We pour more hours, we pour more energy into the insatiable desire for more money, more comfort, more success, more of everything that money can buy. And faith community, this is a trap. Hello, trap. And that everything is a temporary uh, feel good fleeting moment and it leads to oh where'd that feeling go oh shoot I gotta capture that now and have another one folks if the primary objective for us is to make money I'm promising you right now problems are gonna arise and those aren't gonna be pretty problems that you're gonna have On now on the flip side seeing our work as a calling from God puts the challenge to earn all you can in the context of the larger purpose for our work. John Wesley's instruction isn't merely to earn money for its own sake, Mm -mm. but to earn it for the higher purpose of fulfilling God's intention for our lives. Earning money for its own sake through, I'd say, greed, without honesty, without integrity, it comes with a hefty price. And that is a price that is so steep, it comes at the expense of our soul. Uh, I love this one from Proverbs 1.9, and it warns us, there are ways of all who seek unjust gain. It costs them their lives. In today's Centering Scripture passage from Luke 12, 13 through 21, the rich fool is someone in whom we see the sin of greed and is screaming that enough is never enough. More is only to be hoarded, and I, me, and mine matter more than anyone else. Now, I love looking beyond the words on the page. Because if we do that and we consider what was happening in the first century world, this rich man wouldn't have been just a simple farmer with a small plot of land. No, given the circumstances of the way this story goes, he would have had control of much of the agricultural produce over an entire region or over an entire district. And if you think about that type of a control, he undoubtedly was a diligent and successful uh, worker, investor. And so what he did was he accumulated an abundant harvest. However, the parable highlights the importance of not stopping at earning alone. You see, this man's life was intertwined with the lives of others as well as with God. And yet, and I say this sadly the sole purpose of his life became about his goods and his prosperity until the poverty of his abundance was finally exposed. This parable calls out on all of us, and I'm saying the rich, the poor, and everyone in between, to carefully, carefully reflect about what we want, why we want it, and how we go about it. Pursuing wealth at any cost, without consideration for ethical or moral boundaries, it can lead to greed and materialism. Therefore, gain all you can by honesty and with integrity. The second practical guide that I was thinking about is gain, earn all you can with humility. Now... One of the distinguishing marks of wisdom in every area, every area of life, is a teachable spirit, including the kind of humility that makes space for learning from others. And wise, wise people, what they do is they gain wisdom from others who have been down the road before them. Can anyone relate to this? Yes. In today's parable, what we do is we see a man, and he believes he is entirely self-made. He believes that he is his riches, and his riches are him. And we get that by his use of the first-person pronoun that he uses 10 times in this story. This is a person, he decided, I'm not going to check in with a family member. I don't need to have a consultant to go to, or a tax attorney, or an investment advisor. No, he's got narcissistic overconfidence. What he did was debate his situation mentally without seeking the wisdom of others, and with absolutely no regard for God. Humility is, guess what? Realizing we aren't entirely self-made. That along the way, we have received help, that we have received advantages. And friends, humility reminds us that we are part of a larger community and society, recognizing that we are not islands all unto ourselves. We, as Christians, in addition to continuously learning and seeking godly counsel, and I'm emphasizing godly, should seek to apply biblical principles in our financial decisions. Now, what does this mean? Studying Scripture, making choices that align with God's Word. Now, are we always going to be successful in everything that we do with these financial pursuits? No, no. Failures and setbacks, they happen. That's life. What humility Does though, is it helps us from becoming overly discouraged and overly frustrated. Humility reminds us that wealth and material possessions aren't the ultimate measure of a person's worth or value. It encourages us to value character, kindness, and relationships over Material wealth. And then here's the third practical guide that I was thinking about. Gain, earn all you can with gratitude. And again, I'm referring back to this story in Luke 12 of the rich fool, and it is striking to see the lack of gratitude. Back then, you know, if he'd received this bumper crop, he was it was a gift from God. It's a blessing and it's generous. However, what he he doesn't even have any recognition of this situation? And this is probably because this is a man who considers himself to be the wisest of them all. He is so (laughs) self-centered. He can't see beyond what he considers to be his harvests, his barns, and his own life. Alas, what he does is he ignores the hand of God in his good fortune because it's all about I, me, and mine. In applying Wesley's principle of earn all you can, gratitude is significant. It helps cultivate contentment with what we have. Now, this doesn't mean we shouldn't aim for progress in our lives. What it does mean, though, is it helps us to appreciate what we currently have, the blessings and achievements, and it also fosters a spirit of generosity and a willingness to use our resources to benefit those in need and support the causes that We care about. Harmony Faith Community, as we express gratitude to God, it is a way of acknowledging that the earnings and the resources that we have received are ultimately gifts. This acknowledgement, what it does is it nurtures a, a deeper spiritual connection with the divine source, and it allows for a relationship of trust, I'm emphasizing that trust and reliance on a higher power, which then can provide comfort and guidance and a sense of purpose in our financial endeavors, along with enhancing our well-being and our happiness. So in summary, these three practical guidelines are gain, earn all you can by honesty with integrity, gain, earn all you can with humility, Gain, earn all you can with gratitude. So before closing this morning's message, this week I, I came across a blurb featuring uh, Matthew Perry. And uh, Matthew, as many of us know, he passed away on Saturday, October the 28th, uh, and is under a very sad set of circumstances. Um And we remember him on this All Saints Sunday. Now, I bring this up because what he shared in this interview, this article, it fits so well into this message today, as well as the parable from Luke 12 and this Earn, Save, Give series. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to share this with you. And so this is what Matthew said, reading it. I wanted to be famous so badly there was steam coming out of my ears and desperately, I can't stress this part enough, but desperately needed the money that any break as an actor would give me. Then I got this audition and when I read the sides, the part of Chandler leapt off the page, shook my hand and said, this is you man, I am you and I knew I was going to book it. In this almost mystical way, I knew that I would and of course I did. I was on Friends from age 24 to 34. I was in the white hot flame of fame and earning obscene amounts of money per episode for a solid decade. But for me, the feeling, I've made it, I'm thrilled, lasted maybe six or at most eight months. I think most stars do eventually realize that fame and money don't accomplish anything being rich and well-known is not adding one damn bit of good to the world and certainly not filling any holes in your life but what they are good for the fame and money if you do being a celebrity at all right are as tools to help other people I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life I'm still working through it personally, but the best thing about me is that if an alcoholic or drug addict comes up to me and says, will you help me? I will always say, yeah, I know how to do that. I will do that for you even if I can't always do it for myself. So I do that whenever I can in groups, one-on-one, And I created the Perry House in Malibu, a sober living facility for men. I also wrote my play, The End of Longing, which is a personal message to the world. I had something important to say to people like me and to people who love people like me. When I die, I know people will talk about friends, 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 and I'm glad of that. Happy I've done some solid work as an actor, as well as giving people multiple chances to make fun of all my struggles on the World Wide Web. But when I die, as far as my so-called accomplishments go, it would be nice if friends were listed far behind the things I did to try to help other people. I know it won't happen, but it would be nice. Rest in peace, Matthew. And we do indeed give thanks and are grateful for what you did to try to help other people. Siblings in Christ, as we prepare to receive the sacrament of communion, let us remember that our work is not separate from our faith. Our approach to earning money should be rooted in our faith and guided by the wisdom of Scripture, and with the resources that God has entrusted to us, may we be faithful stewards using these resources to bless others and advance the Lord's kingdom here on earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: It's time for the Sunday Replay Halftime Show, where every week we take just a few moments to share with you all of the awesome things going on at Harmony. So on November 12th, we have a new member class at the Harmony Campus. And if you missed our first class on November 5th, that's okay. Join us on the 12th. Learn about what it means to be a part of the Hollywood UMC faith community, a part of the global United Methodist Church, and how you can join Harmony. We hope to see you there, but if you have any questions, you can contact Mark, that's M-A-R-K at hollywoodumc.org. We also have a new podcast coming out this month on the Harmony Podcast Network, so we're really excited to share that Inner Harmony, hosted by Reverend Jefferson Beaker, is a new. New meditation podcast that we'll be hosting twice a month on the network so if you are familiar with harmony's be still and Know online meditation videos those are being re-envisioned and reimagined as an audio podcast that again you can get twice a month and if you have any questions about inner harmony you can contact me j-a-s-e at hollywoodumc.org, but definitely be sure to check it out. The first episode is out now on Spotify and Amazon Music if you want to go give it a listen. Thanks for listening to The Halftime Show. Now here's the worship band to lead us in a few minutes of praise.
2: he's breathing life into my soul i will thirst for him the hope of man and my hope is in you god i am steadfast i will not Giving his heart to the broken And sharing his home with the orphan And he is the joy, he is my joy He is the hope of the nations The Father's heart we're embracing And he is the song we're declaring And he is the joy, he is my joy She's bringing hope to the hopeless And giving her heart to the broken And sharing her home with the orphan she is the joy, she is my joy She is the hope of the nations The mother's heart we're embracing And she is the song we're declaring And she is the joy, she is my joy Yeah, oh God that hope arise yeah. Cause my hope is in You, God, I am steadfast. I will not be moved. I make her never shaken. All my hope is in You, God. And that's our prayer. That's our declaration.
0: Thanks for listening to Sunday Replay. This week's guest was Pastor Mark Stevenson and the Harmony Worship Band. This episode was produced by Donna Miller and hosted by me, Jace Lucas. Sunday Replay is a part of the Harmony Podcast Network, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're at Harmony Lake, and on Instagram, it's at Harmony underscore TLC. Those are the social channels for Harmony Toluca Lake, which is a campus of Hollywood United Methodist Church. Make sure to like, rate, comment, Comment, subscribe, download, all those good things you do. It really helps us to continue to make these podcasts. And it also helps us if you tune in next week. We hope to see you then when we dig into a special episode of Sunday Replay with Tattoo Liturgy. Until then, as Pastor Mark likes to say, peace.